How we doing, family? Doing all right? Yes. Oh, we're fired up. We're fired up this service. We're fired up. If I have not had the pleasure of meeting you, my name is Eddie, and I have the uh, great privilege, the great privilege of serving here, serving you as uh, your Winter Park location pastor. Can we welcome everybody watching online as well? Yes. I tell you, I'm excited to be here. I'm also grateful to be here, very thankful. I have a heart just full of thanksgiving right now. Uh, just just a, a heart of gratitude to come up and, and, and be given the opportunity to share God's word on his platform in an effort to make much of him. Uh, I'm appreciative of, of, of the role uh, that I have. And I'm not talking about title. Uh, I'm talking about just really position. I'm talking about like the seat. And, and again, not title uh, or, or a, a tagline, pastor, whatever the case may be. I'm talking about just the, the, the vantage point in which I have Seeing people every single week go from death to life, seeing so many people, uh, their lives transformed, uh, fully receiving what it is that God would have them to receive, restoration, healing. Just, I, I, I'm so grateful for that. I'm grateful for our leadership as well, our associate pastors and my pastor, Pastor Justin Daly. I'm, I'm grateful and thankful for him, for, for him allowing me the opportunity to take this platform. I'm also uh, thankful for this church family, man. Uh, you know, we're, we're doing life together. And I don't take that lightly. I don't, I don't take this lightly. That, that, that we, are, we, are, we are doing life. We're spending our lives together. Speaking of family, uh, I do want to show something real quick. But before, I want to preface the, the picture. Because there's a rumor going on around me. Or, or, or about me. And, yeah, there you go. Oh, oh. Yeah. No, and rumors... Sometimes rumors, you just got to let them be, right? Let them be, and haters are going to hate, and people are going to talk, and it is what it is. But sometimes you got to just address the rumor. And there's this rumor going around the church that I have five children. And no, Nelsa is not one of my babies. I only got four. Put, put a picture here. Nelsa's not one of my kids. And so, and so I just need to debunk that rumor right now. The good news uh, it's for her, right? That's a compliment that she's, she looks young. It's, and she's the mother of all four of my children, married now 21 years. Uh, my beautiful bride. But I, 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 I just want to be truthful. That strums up a little bit of insecurity with your boy here, right? I, I'm Google searching uh, the Botox, you know, a little bit of Botox here and there. But, but while we're showing some pictures, and don't show it just yet, uh, uh, last time I spoke, I spoke about the thorn in my side. I actually said that I had two thorns in my side, and, and I really gave it to God. I said, God, you know, uh, please, please, please remove uh, this from my side. And I really believe that he gave me the same response that he gave to the Apostle Paul. He says, no, my grace, my grace is sufficient. And so I said, all right, God will, will empower me. Allow your Holy Spirit to lead me and guide me so that I can be moved by grace for, for, this, for this thorn in my side. Here's the thorns in my side right here. Coco and Chanel. Coco and Chanel. And I'll tell you one thing. Won't he do it? Because I'm starting to really like these two right here. I'm really starting to like them. But, but, but real talk, real talk. Putting this thing in gear, I am really just so grateful that the, that the creator of the universe, for whatever reason, you here, me here, right now, that in the span of eternity, that we're, we're, we're here in this moment, and that's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about the present time. If you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Ecclesiastes, the third chapter. 
And we're going to take it from verse 1. It'll be on the screen so you can follow along. For everything there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to harvest, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build up, a time to cry and a time to laugh, a time to grieve and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather them, a time to embrace and a time to turn away, a time to search and a time to quit searching, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be quiet and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. What do people really get for all their hard work I've seen the burden God has placed on all of us, yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. He has planted eternity, everybody say eternity, in the human heart, but even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. And my goal with our time here together is that we would maximize and appreciate the present that we would look to be the most impactful and effective in the now. And I have a couple of points here. If you're taking notes, write this down. The first one is we have to take a quick look back. If we're going to be efficient and impactful in the present, we have to take a quick look back. And what are we taking a quick look back at? We're taking a quick look back at self. Now, the key word here is quick. We can't be there too long. There's nothing that we can do about our past. What was, was, but we can learn from it. We can grow from it. And so if we're going to be effective and impactful in the present, taking a quick look back at self is most important. And I want you to write this down. Reflection will bring about an awareness, and awareness should bring about a level of management. And we're looking for tendencies and reactions. Tendencies, reactions, behaviors, responses in a previous season, which will show or should indicate any issues that we may have. You see, an issue in a previous season, if it's unaddressed, it's going to be an issue in the present season. And an issue unresolved, it may, it may stop you from God's best. And we see that in the book of Numbers. We have Moses, used by God called by God, like he was used to, to part the Red Sea and bring out the, the people of God out of Egypt, out of captivity. And yet in Numbers, the 20th chapter, God gives him very clear direction to speak to the rock. But what happens? He responds with emotion. He responds with anger, and instead of speaking to it, he disobeys God. And he strikes the rock not just once, but twice. And because of that, he disqualifies himself from walking into the very land that God had promised him. And he, had he just taken a quick look back, he would have realized that when he killed the Egyptian man, he was moved by anger. And the Bible speaks about anger, that a hot-tempered person commits many sins, that we should not let anger control us. See, the anger will lead us from God. But he could have seen that and said, what's wrong with me? Why am I responding like this? 
Is it abandonment? Is it rejection? What is it? And he would have probably been able to bring it to God. But because he did not reflect back and address it then, it became an issue in the present. We have to take a quick look back. We also have to detach and adopt. Write that down. If we're going to really maximize our effectiveness and our impact in the present, recognizing that the present is a present from God and that we're really going to give our all in the present, we have to look to detach and adopt. Time is precious. Psalms 90, put this up, team. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Another translation says that we, would, we should recognize the brevity of life. That is so short. Here today, gone tomorrow. And if we're going to be effective and impactful, we have to be uh, mindful of where our time is going. And so I want to encourage us to detach from suboptimal habits. Suboptimal habits. Suboptimal habits is this. It's something or a habit, or instead of spending time, now you're wasting time, on something that adds zero value to you. You don't grow from it. You don't develop from it. They're suboptimal. And suboptimal habits will lead to complacency and procrastination. Procrastination. This false idea that today's opportunities will be present tomorrow. And that's such a lie from the enemy. If he could just make you believe that tomorrow, you could just do it tomorrow. But these suboptimal habits, that's what happens. You're wasting your time. And this is between you and God, family. I just want you to be a little bit more mindful because it's just quite possible that we could be wasting our life on suboptimal habits, which again lead to procrastination and complacency. Complacency. Landing or settling for a level that is less than the level that God had for your life. Let me put it this way. God will let you settle on whatever level you settle for. And so we have to look to detach from that. If you want to be effective, and that's on you. I love what Pastor John Bevere last week talked about. Stewardship. You're going to have to give an account to what you did in this life. And I hope that the Holy Spirit would, would prompt you of that reality. But, but detaching from that and picking up what I call foundational rhythms. Foundational rhythms. And I got three for us today. And the first is prayer. Prayer. That this is essential. Prayer is essential. This is how we communicate with our creator. This is how we invite him into the situation. And prayer, the benefit of prayer is as follows. We release and we receive. There's a release of burden. There's a release of weight. And what do you get in exchange? You get peace. Philippians 4. Worry or be anxious about nothing. Instead, what? Pray. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Give him thanks for what he's done. And then, that's the release. Then you will receive God's peace, which surpasses all understanding. And this is a foundational rhythm that I just want to encourage you to adopt on this journey of life in the present. The second one is word. Everybody say word. 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 Bible. Bible. Guys, this is not just a 
a book of rules. This is God breathed. This is the infallible word of God. Given and written over a 1500 year span. Written, it's a, it's, a, it's a collection, a reliable collection of historical documents that are written by eyewitnesses during the life, or life of other eyewitnesses. And they wrote about divine events that would take place in fulfillment of prophecy. You know that Psalms 20, Psalms 20, written a thousand years before there was ever a crucifixion. But if you were to read it, and now you go forward to the New Testament and see what they did to Jesus. It's identical. And this is the benefit of the word of God. It instructs us, write this down, it instructs us onto the path of God's promises, which will then lead to joy and contentment. I'm going to say it one more time. The benefit of adopting this foundational rhythm, it instructs us, it guides us, it leads us onto the path where we now know God's promises, we could walk in his promises, and as a direct result of that, we now experience joy, not happiness, joy. There's an assurance, and we also have contentment on where we're at because we know that this place, this, this present is not our final destination. It's word. Over 25,000. Over 25,000 archaeological digs, and not one of them contradicts the other. It's word. That's a foundational rhythm. Thank you. Thank you. All right, here we go. We're excited about the word. The third one is fasting. Oh, we're not going to get any clapping for this one. But it's so important. It's a foundational rhythm. And Pastor Justin spoke on this just a couple weeks ago, I'm, uh, so I'm not going to elaborate too much on this. But it's not just a denial of something. It's a pursuit of. And the benefit of this foundational rhythm is revelation and clarity. Put that down. You got to know why you do it. And you got to know the benefit of it. Because I'm telling you right now, your natural draw, your natural inclination is to do suboptimal stuff. But these foundational rhythms of prayer, where you're now able to give it to God. You ever hear that? Hey, just give it to God. Give it to God, but no one tells you how. It's through prayer. Every time I'm feeling that weight, hey, God, I need you, Lord. Hey, God, I, I can't carry this anymore. I, and there's this release. You feel the release. And now you feel this receiving of, of peace. And with the word of God, it instructs us. It gives us that wisdom. Uh, I, I read a, a, a chapter of Proverbs every single day. It's one of my, uh, as, a, as, a, as a pastor, uh, we prescribe things, just like a doctor maybe. Maybe I'm the only one that does it, but whatever. <laughs> we prescribe God's word, or we should. And, and one of the things that I prescribe most of is, is the book of Proverbs. Because it's wisdom literature. It guides us, it shapes your understanding, your competency, your character. And then fasting. This revelation and clarity comes when you deny yourself of something that you like or that you desire for something greater, and that is God's revelation and his clarity. And, so it's, and it's so important that you do that because there's a conflict of interest with self. And so many times, I'm given opportunities all the time. God has really blessed us every time that he's told me to put something down. 
in terms of a business or, or a, a, a whatever type of dealing, that I, I do that in, in faith and in obedience. He's always blessed it. And I got to be very mindful because if I'm not careful, I can say yes to a lot of good things, but not God things. And just because it makes money or just because it makes sense. And, and, and sometimes the greatest liar to self is self. He say, oh, man, what? It's gonna, how much money am I going to make on this? It's not going to require a lot of my time, a lot of my focus. I could advance the kingdom. No. There's so many times that I've gone back to God. Literally, literally gone back. Strike a blow to the body, the apostle Paul says. I said, God, I need your help with this. What do I do? Literally two weeks before we close, I said, I'm out of the deal. Eddie, that doesn't make any sense. Eddie, the, the, the deal makes all the sense in the world. You're going to make X amount. Return on investment. Boom, 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 boom. We need you as part of the deal. This is going to be just like the last one. Well, guess what? I'm not going to be a part of this one. Why? Because I had revelation. It's supernatural revelation, supernatural clarity, and that's what fasting does. Foundational rhythms. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. Here we go. Hey, we got to detach from if you want to be effective. This is what, it, and again, this is what works for me, family. I'm just trying to share just a little bit of encouragement uh, that, that, that you could adopt this and detach from this. The third one is we have to decide to roll with the punches. Thank you. We got to decide to roll with the punches. Punches are inevitable. Trouble is going to come your way. Trouble may come your way today. Trouble may have found you before you even got here today. And the day just started. In this life, you will have what, Jesus says? Trouble. In this life, you're going to have punches. And I just want to encourage you. This is a, a very short point here. But I want to encourage you to see the punches differently. I want to encourage you to see the punches as opportunities. The book of James says, consider it pure joy. When you face trials of any kind, for when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. And when your endurance is fully developed, you will be complete and lacking nothing. You see, it's the punches of life that refine us, that shape us. How you respond to adversity in this life will speak way louder than anything you will ever say. I've seen people walk through cancer. I've seen, this, is, this is just a Holy Spirit moment right now, Patty and Butch. Patty, the way, the way I saw you pray and believe in your husband's healing, when he went down to 3% oxygen, and the doctors say he would never walk again, that has blessed me. We got to decide to roll with the punches. We got to decide to roll with the punches. The next one is we got to look to love everyone. We got to look to love everyone. Now, this is not easy. Real quick, I didn't say be in relationship with everyone. That's just foolish. Last time I spoke, I talked about defining and aligning relationships based on fruit, based on their results, based on their behavior. But we have to look to love everyone. And this is the game changer in this life. That, that, that if you would have a posture of love, and Jesus speaks directly to this, the Bible actually says that God is what? Love. That by this you will know that you are mine, Jesus says. By the way, you love people. They ask Jesus, hey, what's the greatest command? He says, hey, love your God. With all your heart, your soul, your mind. And the second is like the first, love 
thy neighbor as what? Thyself. And in Matthew 5, he really takes this home here. It's going to be on the screen. You have heard the law that says love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. In that way, you will be acting as true children of your Father in heaven. It's love. That is the difference maker. And the first service, I felt like I was led to, to go into uh, uh, 1 Corinthians uh, 13. I'm going to do the same right now. I'm going to do the same right now. It won't be on the screen, but I want you to receive this. I want you to receive this right here. Because the Apostle Paul in the whole chapter of 13 really speaks to the significance of love. And I'm telling you right now, you can have all the successes of this life. You can do all these great things. But when you're gone, all those things evaporate with you. But love, the Bible says right here that there's three things that will last forever. Hope, faith, and love. And the greatest of these is love. And look at what it is here. Love is patient. It's kind. It's not jealous. It's not boastful. It's not proud. It's not rude. It does not demand its own way. It's not irritable. You know what, 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 what prompted me when I read this? It's completely opposite of the world. You see, your greatest impact that, that will stand out the greatest is when you're opposite of the norm. And the world is rude. Am I preaching somebody? Is, is, it, is it true? The world is not kind. The world is not patient. And that's how people know that you're different. And that you have God living in you that you would love. Love lasts forever. And, 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 and I actually read this this morning. 14. Look at how it opens up. Let love be your highest goal. I, I, wonder, I wonder how many of us have love as a goal, yet alone the highest goal. But why is it so important? Why is it so important? Because it lasts long after we are gone. And uh, as, a, as a pastor, man, I, I get to see some, some beautiful things. I get to participate and officiate a lot of weddings and, and man, baby dedications. And man, praise God for that. And I get to see people take their next step in, 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 in joining the team and leading small groups and community and and, and, and the healing that occurs from, from, from finding your circle and all these great things. But there, there's, there's some other things that I do as a pastor, having to walk people through some hard times. Whether well, it's domestic violence, adultery, child abuse. In this world, it, this is a fallen world, family. And there's no, there's no shortage of issues. As a pastor, and I, I say that because I, I am honored, truly honored to walk people during the most difficult times of, of their life. But this love, I, I've seen it with, when I do funerals. And earlier this year, I'm burying a, a, one of our own in the coffin. And her daughters, you know, like, God, man, you know, and, and this, I've been, I've been, I've been, I've been, I've been a pastor for, I have the privilege now a couple years being a pastor. And I, man, I remember that, you know, it, it doesn't get easier, right? You go in there and, and I buried babies and I buried 
Babies in front of moms and moms in front of babies. And here I am, and I'm, I'm just going to offer just a little bit of hope because I know that she had faith in the same God that I had faith in. And that she, hey, absent from the body, present with the Lord. And I'm sharing this. Now, this lady, moved by love and compassion, navigating the present life, would see somebody in despair and she would move over and render assistance to this individual. And somebody committing a senseless act would murder both her and the person she was rendering help to. There's no explanation for that, family. There's no explanation for that. I finished doing the funeral and I give an opportunity for people to place their faith in the same God that she had her faith in that was demonstrated in what? In love. So you can say you love people, but, 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 but love is demonstrated. And the person who was related to the person who she had rendered help to gives his life to Jesus that day. She was no longer on this earth, but love, love lasts way longer after your time on this earth has expired. The last one that I have for you is we have to secure our future. If we're going to be, if we're going to have maximum efficiency and impact in this life, seeing the present as a present from God and making do with what he's given us, we have to secure our future. We have to secure our future. And I'm not, I'm not talking about uh, an IRA account uh, uh, the Roth, I'm not talking about the retirement account. I'm talking about eternity. The most important thing that we could do in the present is to secure our future. But, but, but if we're not careful, we think just with our, our mindset that we could do that, and we can't. You have zero control of what's going to happen to you later today. And so how do you do this? God, we read it earlier, has planted eternity in every human heart, how do you secure the future? How do you secure the, the eternal? How do you secure it? By placing faith in the only one who holds it. And that's God. God says, I know the plans that I have for you. Plans to give you a what? A future and a hope. And, and, and I want to just uh, go into scripture right here because I think we could, we, could, we could just hear that and say, oh, that's great. And it is. But we may still be confused. And it's okay because you're in good company. Because on the night that Jesus was betrayed, all of his disciples were also confused. And I want to go to the Gospel of John, the 14th chapter. And here, just a, a little bit of a context. This is a long night. Chapter 13. 14, 15, 16, in the opening of 17, he's saying, hey, I got to go. And now the, the, the way that they thought it was going to play out, it's not playing out that way. He's saying, where I'm going, you can't come. And now he's saying that he has to go die. And he's revealing the plan. He's revealing this plan that he has to die so that they can live. And it's, it's over their head. And I love our Jesus because he gives the explanation right here. He says, don't let your hearts be troubled. And that's been my prayer. 
that when it comes to eternity, when it comes to your future, that your heart, that your heart would not be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There's more than enough room in my father's home. This were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? His father's home? Make no mistake about it, it's heaven. It's heaven. When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am and you know the way to where I am going. And it would have been so powerful if it ended right there, if it had, if it had ended right there. But I love my man Thomas because I would have been confused too. He says, no, we don't, Lord. We don't know. We have no idea where you're going. So how can we know the way? The Bible says salvation comes from above. Not from eloquent speech. Not from man. The Holy Spirit convicts. The Holy Spirit prompts. The Holy Spirit touches. And I hope that you receive this truth. For this is the way you secure your future. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. If you had really known me, you would know who my Father is. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. How do we secure our future family? We place our faith in Jesus. Simple as that. And although it's simple, we read it earlier in the book of Ecclesiastes. He says that, 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 that although eternity is in our heart, even so, people have not conceived the very plan that God has for them. And this plan is revealed to us in this scripture. And I want to show you what this looks like, family, because this is a game changer for you in the present. What God would show me is this. When we place our faith in Jesus, God's desire, the fulfillment of his plan that we would be in relationship with him, that he would do everything possible, he would send his son. Although he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. He set aside his divine privileges. He comes up, he takes a body, he dies you and for me once we once we come to that revelation that understanding once we accept that truth our future is secure and this is what God would show me now your future is secure and he showed me the, uh, the a slingshot and now you come back here to the present this is future this is present and now Jesus the living hope is now living in you, the Holy Spirit. And that's what the scriptures would say, that he has to go so that the advocate will come and that he would lead you in every aspect of your life. And now you live differently because now you have the Holy Spirit empowering you to navigate this journey, the present with intentionality. He's the one that's making it aware, making the, the, those issues aware so you can bring them to him.
So it's not a conflict of interest. You're saying, oh, nothing's wrong with me. No, you got a plank in your eye and the Holy Spirit reveals it. And it is through the Holy Spirit and allowing him to lead you in this life that you can really love others. Really adopting these foundational rhythms. And now you're the living hope for others. And this came to me on November 10th. On November 10th. I'm in my office. I'm in my office. And long day. Long day. And I get a phone call from Central. Our, our Central office. And they say, hey, Pastor, this, this lady keeps on calling. She says her son is in jail. And that he knows you and that he says you're his pastor and he, she, she's, she's crying and she's an older woman. She's 82 years old and, and it's already late in the day and I, uh, I asked for the, the guy's name and, and yeah, the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit living in me prompts me, reminds me that this man I had met six years ago At an outreach. God would move in that moment. He would give his life to Jesus. I would have the privilege and the honor of baptizing people. He was struggling. It was, it was a struggle. And in this life, it's going to be a struggle. I said, all right, yeah, yeah. So I, I decided to call the, the lady. I, I, I just felt prompted. I had to call the lady. We have a process in place. For, for a reason, right? We have to have boundaries and processes in place. But, but you see, when you have the living hope, the Holy Spirit, sometimes you deviate from the process because he leads you in every aspect of your life. It's no longer your calendar. So I call up the lady. She begins to tell me the situation that he has two children and they just lost their mother four weeks prior. They just buried their mother. And now their father, the news stations, they're saying all this stuff that he's going to be doing a long time and all this stuff. And I'm hearing this, this desperation of this lady, 82 years old, not knowing what she's going to do. Her husband has Alzheimer's and dementia. He's, he's, he, he by himself is a, is a handful and... I said, ma'am, can, can, can I go meet them? And uh, I remember going there November 10th with my daughter, Laura. And we, you and I, we, we went up there, right? And we, uh, they were outside. They were out front. He's on his bike. The two most beautiful kids you've ever seen in your life. 11 and 12 years old. And I go up to him, I say, hey, hey, buddy. Hey, this is Laura. I said, I'm just here. And I just found out everything that happened. And, and I don't have an explanation for that. But I just want to let you know that I love you. And that God put it on my heart to be here for you. And I just want to let you know that I'm going to be here. And my name is Eddie. And he says, we know who you are. He says, you baptized us, and my daddy loves you. 
It was in that moment that God would use me just like he wants to use you to be the living hope in the present. And those two kids right now are like my children. What God would do, how he would, how he would bring them in my home. and Amazing. And I say that all to say is that that's what God wants to do in and through you, family. He wants so desperately to be in relationship with you that that is, in fact, the plan. That is the plan. No longer is it a secret that many, even though many, don't understand fully the plan from beginning to end. Well, here it is. That God so loved the world that he sent his only son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. He did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that through him all would be saved. It's not because of works. It's not because of your behavior. It's given to you by grace, activated by faith. And I want to give you that opportunity right now with every head bowed, every eye closed. The present time, right now, I want to offer you as an ambassador for Christ the best present that you could ever receive in the present and that's the free gift of salvation by placing your faith in Jesus if you're in here today and the Holy Spirit has prompted you again salvation comes from above if what you know is that what I have said is true and today is your day where you place that faith in Jesus. I want to pray for you. I would like for you to lift up your hands so I could. God bless you. Yes. Yes. Bless you, ma'am. Bless you, ma'am. Bless you, sir. Bless you, sir. Bless you, sir. Right now. Or maybe you're in here and you've said a prayer before. You've walked down an aisle but your life would not be indicative of a true relationship with him. You've taken lead. You've never allowed him to be Lord. And so today's the day of recommitment. Is that you? I want to pray for you. Raise your hand right where you're at. I see you, ma'am. God bless you. God bless you, sir. I see you, sir. I see you, sir. God bless you. What a moment. What a moment. I see you all the way in the back in the stadium. God bless you. God bless you. You can put down your hands. Say a prayer just like this. Say something in your heart as I say it out loud. God, I thank you for loving me, for securing my future, for allowing me to have this revelation of who you are and who I am in you, your son, your daughter. Profess with my mouth, believe in my heart that you are Lord Jesus. Come into my life. I allow your Holy Spirit to lead me in every aspect of my life. That I would be the living hope because I have you, the living hope in me. Thank you for seeing me home. And now I pray for everyone else that we would be the a people that are intentional with the time, with the present. 
that we would look to love others. We would be intentional. That you would get all the glory on the way we decide to live our life. And that's trusting in you. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. Come on, let's celebrate those decisions.